You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I am not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it is forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. There's no competition for importance within the body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. Can we all say amen? So the summary of this for me is that God loves diversity, right? So God really, really loves diversity. Every single person is important. Now, I know that that's a bit difficult, you know, to um, accept when you're dealing with annoying people. <coughs> Excuse me for saying that, but that's just the truth. But the truth is that, you know, we really have to accept all our differences. There's nobody that is, that is the best of anything. We're all different versions of what God created us to be. And really, our aim should be to be the best version of ourselves, right, and to leverage all our differences. I'm also going to quickly read from Colossians 1.16. And the reason I'm reading this is because I think it's important as a foundation for this for us all to know that every single person has been created for a purpose. Every single person. So the person that you like, the person that you don't like, your bestow, your frenemy, your enemy, everybody is created for a purpose. So Colossians 1.16 says, For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. Now, this is just a very, very, very clear reminder that, once again, every single person, even you, with all your quirks, you know, with all the interesting parts of you, the parts of yourself that you like, the parts of yourself that you don't like, all created for a purpose. Um, the third thing I'm going to um, quickly read from, to just from another base for the fact that we all have unconscious biases and prejudices. How many of us here, let's all be honest, know that we have some unconscious bias, some prejudice? Unconscious bias means holding something against people and not knowing it. In case some people don't know what, I like the un honest people. Let me see your hands, please. Or me, I'm raising both my hands. If I could raise both, I would have. Seriously, we all have unconscious biases and prejudices. All of us. Some people, if they see somebody that has hair color, that person is going to hell. You are coloring your hair like me? Color your hair. You must be going to hell. Somebody that has multiple earrings, they are wearing tattoos. You're just like, what? How can you do that, you know? But those are all unconscious biases because those things don't really mean anything at the end of the day. So James 2, verses 1 to 4. Um, I really like this because the title of it in my beloved Passion Translation is The Royal Law of Love Excludes Prejudice. So it says, is it going to come up on the screen? Okay, great. My dear, oh, sorry, guys. They are reading NKJV. Sorry. Well, I'm just going to read my passion because that's what I have here. My dear brothers and sisters, fellow believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, how could we say that we have faith in him and yet we favor one group of people above another? Suppose an influential man comes into your worship meeting wearing gold rings like Toluade Lowo and expensive clothing and also a homeless man in shabby clothes comes in. Sorry, Pastor Toluade Lowo. I'm so sorry, sir. Let me... According you the due respect, sir. If you show special attention to the rich man in expensive clothes and say, here's a seat of honor for you right up front, but you turn and say to the poor beggar dressed in rags, you can stand over here or sit over there on the floor in the back, then you have demonstrated gross prejudice amongst yourselves and used an evil standard of judgment. You know, sometimes when God is 
wooden word. It's just so harsh. Ah, gross prejudice among evil standard of judgment. I'm like, God, long, long, evil standard of judgment. But that's just what it is, you know. And we have to understand that these prejudices are not okay. They are not normal. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is going to help all of us deal with them and get rid of them in Jesus' name. Can we all say amen? Great. Okay, so I'm going to share a very quick funny story. I have to take excuses from my husband about all the stories I'm going to share because they all have to do with him. I wonder if he's here yet. Okay. He was at Elevation. Is he here? Hey, hi, baby. Everybody say hi to my husband. Hi. He's going to be so pissed that I did that. <laughs> so, when I was a single gal, just dating, you know, dating, I met this lovely fellow. Let me not go too much into the detail, but so he used to live in the UK, and I used to live in the US. So one time I went to visit. Nobody asked me any detailed questions about that, please. Just mind your business. So I went to visit, and he said, let's go to church. Ah, this is a good thing. The man goes to church. Glory, hallelujah. So that morning, you know, I got dressed in my Sunday best. I was feeling cute. I'm sure it was cold. Had my jacket, everything, feeling fresh. And then he appears to pick me up in jeans. Ah. And I'm like, is that where you're going to church? He's like, yeah. Jeans? Sir, you're wearing jeans to church? Jeans, as in denim jeans. So he was looking at me like, and you know, now, in those days, I wasn't um, as composed as I can be these days. So I was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Let's just say I expressed myself in deep ways. And I'm sure he thought that I had, lo <laughs> I had lost my mind. But honestly, I was confused. And why was I confused? So I grew up in a Baptist family. My mother grew up in an Anglican family. So there was this thing called Sunday Best. How many of us know Sunday Best? Sunday best is Sunday best. You don't wear the weekday clothes on Sunday. You don't wear just anything. You don't wear jeans and t-shirts. Be going before God just looking hip-hop and fly. What's the meaning of that? If I didn't I'm wearing that, I would, I would never have one, you know? So honestly, I mean, I didn't even realize how huge of a bias I had against people that were wearing jeans to church until that day. And so, I had to ask myself why he's dressing, but you guys, he's dressing offended me to the point that, honestly, throughout the service, that's all I was thinking about. That this guy beside me is in jeans. Surely, I mean, he cannot be making it to heaven wearing jeans to church. You know, but it was such a ridiculous thing to think because, I mean, does God care if we're wearing jeans to church? You know, certainly, God does not care if we wear jeans to church. It's all about what? Our hearts, right? It's not really about what we're wearing. But because I had grown up a certain way, I had this whole thing in my head where people don't wear these kinds of things to church. So, yeah. Anyway. So, we have to embrace diversity, right? So, we meet different people every day, different ages, different races, different tribes, ethnicities. Some, some people, let's all be honest here. You have been warned your family never to marry outside of your tribe. It's okay. We're all family here. Don't be shy. You've been warned about certain specific things. She cannot cook. Don't marry her. He doesn't have a card. You know, all these things that we grew up with them, and we don't even realize that when we start interacting with people, these things are actually affecting the way that we interact with them, and we don't want to see difference at all. So anyways, most of us, I was just listening to me BWS this morning. Please just give her a clap for me because she was very gracious to listen to me kind of pep talk my message this morning because I was so shy about giving it, and I had to harass her early this morning. Um, we're all carrying generations and generations of prejudices and unconscious biases. So if your great, great, great grandmother told, you know, all those greats all the way down to your parents, to your aunties, your uncles, all the things that they saw many, many years ago, whatever it was, those things actually kind of make a way into our lives if we're not deliberate about getting rid of them. You know, cultural things and all kinds of things, status, you know, beliefs, all, all manner of things. Now, Jesus was the number one exhibitor of diversity. How many of us agree with that? If you don't agree, just look at the 12 disciples. That's 
Don't go too far. Just open your Bible. The 12 disciples are the most diverse set of people I have ever seen in my life. So when I was looking at the, um, at the difference between the 12 disciples, I had a very good laugh. So, okay, first of all, so there are 12 of them, right? Andrew and Peter were brothers. James and John were brothers. Okay, that's normal enough. Peter was married. We know this because his mother-in-law was healed. Matthew was a tax collector, a.k.a. government worker. He might have been an accountant or something like that. Sorry? Eh, thank you. FIR. Perfect. He was an FIRS worker. Those people that would be disturbing you to pay your tax. LIRS, all of them. Then we have um, Peter and John, who were actually described as uneducated and untrained. I mean, really. Beside Mr. Accountant. Okay. Then we have Simon the Zealot. Now, Zealots apparently were a group of people who opposed the Roman government. As in, they firmly opposed the gov government. You could have called them terrorists, you know, ideologists, whatever. But they were very, very, very strongly opposing the government. Now, you can imagine that Matthew and Simon could never ha not have gotten along. I mean, how does FIRS guy get along with somebody that is a terrorist? And who has, you know, thoughts that are like, you guys are evil and things like that, you know. But they were all together. Thomas, we all know, was always doubting. He's the one that said that unless he sees Jesus after he come, come out, that he's not going to believe it, you know. So Thomas was always doubting. Then we have good old Judas, who could keep a secret for the whole of Africa. Judas plotted something, and not one of those disciples knew. You know, that thing still blows my mind. How many of us have friends like that? They, they keep, sister, thank you, family. You're like, how did you keep that thing away from everybody? Only you, you know. That was Judas. Judas could keep a secret for the whole entire world. So now, guys, just, just imagine these 12 people together, as different as possible. Even the ones amongst them that were brothers were different. And yet, these are the people that God saw fit to put together to do his work and to do his mission. So for me, that is just like the ultimate teacher for me as a person to realize that our differences need to be embraced. Our differences actually are for a purpose. Because guess what? Those guys achieved a lot. Even before Jesus died, they achieved a lot. And there's a reason why he put them together. You know, in spite of all their differences, they all worked together. And great power came upon them when they were a unit. Now, the other thing that we need to know is that nothing can actually grow if we are not embracing our differences. Um, you know, in business, in our lives, in all kinds of things. You know, some of us here have colleagues who are, how many of us here have, have ideas? We, we just spit, as an ideas just come to you, like, naturally. Put, put your, if you want to raise it, raise it now. Okay, wonderful. Do you guys like to, like, do structure and organization and things like that? No, Abby, thank you. Most people that are ideas generator, don't put them near structure. They don't, they don't want to know it. They don't know how to do it. Now, if you're generating ideas, the best thing for you to do is to hang around people that know how to structure, right? So they can actually help you make this idea into money because is is idea money is it money is money oh is money eh? okay i have please i'll see you after the service i'll tell you all my ideas and then you tell me right now how they are money you know the point is that your ideas have to be structured in order for you to actually make money out of it so you know people like that should hang around you know those very serious minded some people like to call them ethical people by the way sorry unconscious bias not everybody that wears glasses is a geek because I'm tired of people assuming that I'm a geek because I wear glasses. It happens all the time. Anyway, back to my original point. You know, those kinds of people, when they come together, they make a beautiful, beautiful business. Let me just quickly use Facebook as an example. I still can't believe that Mark Zuckerberg is younger than me, but that's a story between me and God and not for you guys. Um, so this guy is an ideas generator, but I like his business. Why? 
he got COO, Sheryl Sandberg. You know, he got all these people that he knows that he can come up with one million ideas. Half of them probably don't make money or don't even make sense. But he needs to have people around him in his business, right? So actually help him make a success of it. So we have to be very, very deliberate about the way that we actually handle our weaknesses and other people's strengths and things like that and leverage them. Now, how many of us know that companies are now finally putting women in leadership position? How many of us know? Are we not happy? Women here, are you happy? Okay, oh, we thank them. Um, why is that? Because they realize statistically, actually, that women actually help, right? Because guess what? We have different views. So if you're in a meeting and everybody is the same. In fact, there's one very, very funny picture I saw on the internet a while ago. There was like a boardroom and it was like 12 white, gray men, all of them. And it was like, this is what actually used to happen. And that's why nowadays businesses are actually making a lot more money because they've started to embrace other races, you know, other, you know, cultures, other ethnicities, other sexes, so women are also allowed and all that good stuff. And it actually makes a difference. If you don't believe me, you can just Google it. Sorry, I didn't bring the statistics. They said I only have small time, so I didn't want to, you know, digress too much. But honestly, it actually makes a difference, excuse me, a difference in business. Um, so can we please read Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3, the message translation. I really love this um, scripture because it speaks to how God feels about us embracing our differences and unity. This is the message version. I'm going to just take a quick break from passion so that they can rest. Um, so it says, how truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. I really like this passage, sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. Can we just say a huge amen to that? You know, so what does this tell us? That God is extremely, extremely pleased. He's happy. He's glad when we have unity, when we have harmony amongst each other. And it actually says here that it causes heavenly harmony, sweet harmony. I mean, who doesn't want to cause sweet harmony, heavenly harmony? Okay, even if you don't want to cause it, over here, because I know how you people are. You want blessing, Abi. It's here too. God will release his eternal blessing and the promise of life forever. You know, just to show us that God really cares deeply about unity. There's a multiplier effect of unity. There's a scripture that says that five will chase a hundred and hundred will chase 10,000. Just to show us that when you actually have unity, it gives a multiplier effect. And the things that you could not achieve alone, you're able to achieve them. So now we're going to have a moment of truth within ourselves. You push be honest with yourselves as, as we do this exercise. So ask yourself, seriously, you can close your eyes if you want. And just ask yourself, why do you have a problem with people who are either different or seem different? Ask yourself, why? Just think about it. Think about it. Why? Like who, like, who do you have a problem with? Either at work, at home, in church, wherever, in your family, and ask yourself why you actually have a difference, have a problem with them. Because the truth is that if we don't understand something, then we, you know, then we tend to criticize it, mystify it, and things like that. And from all what we've seen, God is a God of love, and he doesn't like that at all. He would like for us to live in love. The law of love demands that we all love ourselves unconditionally. Now, I don't have to be your best friend to love you. Do we all agree with that? Do I have to be your best friend to love you? Because there are many people, let me, Felicia, behave yourself. This is Sunday service, Sunday, sorry. Seriously, we don't have to love them, but we have to, we don't have to be their best friends. So, can you see, Felicia? 
we don't have to be their best friend, but we have to love them. And what does that mean? That you love them with the love of Christ, right? I don't need to talk to you every single day or, you know, be your chum chum. But we have to love everybody because God was specific when he created even those people that you don't really necessarily love and their differences. So how do we embrace diversity? That's the million dollar question. So the first point I have here is to accept the realities of your personality. Now, the reason why this is the first is because, so you know, different personalities react in different ways to things, but a lot of us don't actually realize that our personalities affect us a lot more than we think. How many of us here have taken any of these one million personality tests online? Oh, one, oh wow, very good. Lots of people have taken them. Okay, great. So we are going to, um, I think it would be nice if, if you haven't, just to Google it, personality test, and take it, and just be very, very amused about when you are reading about yourself. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, are these people winches? How do they know about me so much? Because honestly, when you answer the questions, it gets down into the detail of your personality. It shows you your strengths, your weaknesses, and all that good stuff. I've harassed many people, all the people that did the test when I sent it to them a few days ago. Can you please raise your hand? Because I begged some people to do the test. Some Cholu, but you did the test now. Why are you now doing this to me? Cholu and I have very opposite personalities, but we love each other very much. He's my husband's bestie. Love him very, very much. But the point of doing that test was to kind of just prove a point that I've been trying to prove for a while, which is our differences are actually amazing, right? So somebody that is very introverted and somebody that is actually very extroverted, they can get along as long as they understand each other. Let me give you people a small example. Some people think that my energy is too much. Sometimes I think that my energy is too much. But, you know, it really depends on... <laughs> Somebody just said, yeah, thank you. If it was shade, I'd take it. If it was not, I'd take it, take it all. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that, so high energy people flourish in certain environments, right? But that doesn't mean I flourish in every environment. So there are some times when I need people that are not as high energy as me to just help me calm down from my high energy. So I have an idea and I'm like, yeah. And then maybe like my husband as an example or a friend of mine that is an introvert is just like, mm, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I'm like, mm, I didn't think about that. But you know, that's the beauty of our differences because they actually help you to think about things that you would not normally think about because of your personality. So it's very, very important that we know ourselves very, very well so that we can get the best out of ourselves and of each other, everybody around us. The second thing is to seek understanding. Now, many people don't like to make an effort to know why people are doing the things they do. Okay, let me even think. So why did that person do that? Where were they coming from? What was, you know, what was going on in their mind when they did that? I'm going to use another example. I got permission. Um, so when I first got married, <laughs> so when we got married, my husband used to shower every evening. And then he would look at me like, are you not going to shower? And I'm like, I didn't go to the farm. No, I'm not going to shower. And he's like, really? I'm like, no. And I'm certain that he must have thought I was the filthiest person to walk the surface of the earth. So one time, his mom came and spent maybe like two or three nights or something. And I saw every night, she, she's ever so bubbly and amazing. I love her. She, every night, she would shower powder. So I say, okay, this is where this scene is coming from. I get it. Then in addition, he sweats a lot, right? So for him, he showers because he's a lot. I, I don't sweat. Like, I mean, I sweat, but I don't... I don't sweat like that. So our differences were clear. But honestly, I'm sure that we thought about it. Because he'll be like, shower now. And I'm like, no. Shower now? Are you not dirty? I'm like, <laughs> But the point I'm trying to make here, I hope that I'm driving the point. Because the point I'm trying to make here is that we actually have reasons. Most people that do things that you find to be strange, there's a reason. And if only we would just open up the eyes of our understanding, you know, it would really, really help us. 
I still don't shower at night, by the way, and he does. We've learned to accept and embrace our differences. Okay, we also need to manage our biases. Um, I spoke about that earlier. The fact that you're different or somebody's different does not make them inferior to you. You know, we just have to manage those biases, especially those generationally long biases. Guys, honestly, some of us, we almost need brain surgery to remove the biases that our grandparents and our parents have implanted into us because those biases actually don't have a basis at all. The fourth thing is to appreciate the uniqueness of purpose, right? So all of us, Everybody was created for a divine purpose. Everybody, the baby that's out there in the background crying away, lovely baby, she was created for a purpose. The oldest person here, let me not mention anybody's name, created for a purpose. Everybody was created for a divine purpose. And you were not designed to do everything. So the more you think that mm, everybody has issues, you would actually just be isolated and you would not be able to fulfill your purpose because you actually need people to help you fulfill your purpose. And your differences make a big difference. So we need that embracing of differences to see that, you know, it would help us, propel us into fulfilling our purpose. The fifth thing is to see God's purpose in all your relationships. Ah, this one, eh, let me give you another example. It's not about my husband this time. Let me free him. Thanks, thanks, Leia, for letting me share those examples. Some people are your grace grower. Hmm. This word, it came to me maybe like five years ago. So there was one friend I had. Honestly, she just used, she really used to annoy me, like really annoy me. Like she used to just get under my skin. So I used to try to avoid her, but she just wouldn't go away. You know, she was like that. You know, like a bee in your ear, and you're like, I'm not being rude. I'm, I'm I'm just being honest here. And so one day, another friend said to me, she goes, you know that she's your grace grower. I say, what's in the grace grower? All you these deep deep people. What does grace grower mean? She said, well, when God puts people in your life that you say won't go away and they are still there, and they are loving you, even though you're always fighting. God is trying to teach you something. Eh? And you know something? Ever since that day, I actually embraced what she said. And I tell you, this lady has been so instrumental in my life in so many ways. We are very, very different. And we accept, we embrace, we love our differences. Not only did she teach me about grace, because she actually taught me about it, she also has just shown me a completely different perspective to things that I would never have gotten on your own, on my own, sorry. So God has actually placed people in your life to make you the best version of yourself. There are some people, I'm sure if you think about it now, you ask the Holy Spirit, he will tell you there are some people that you're trying to avoid. Don't avoid them, oh. They might just be your level, your next level to, is it 30 billion for the account? I, I, didn't, I didn't say, it's PI here. Nobody tell PI that I did that, please. But no, seriously, you know, those people are there for a reason. The sixth thing is to forgive. So a lot of us have um, issues with people. You know, they've hurt us in the past and all this good stuff. And because of that, we have, we just don't want to deal with them, their differences and all that kind of stuff. But we honestly have to embrace that and move on from that because God forgives us a gazillion times. We're just always, always messing up and he always forgives us. The seventh thing is take it up a notch. So don't just embrace it, celebrate it. So, you know, this week, we all have different personalities, I know. But this week, just be deliberate about finding somebody that God has placed in your life that is very different from you and celebrate your differences. And actually assess it. That's okay. So this person is different from me. We're very, very different. But how do we complement each other? You know, how can I help them? How can they help me be better? And all that good stuff. Because then you'll see the beauty in your differences. And that beauty would actually lead to you, trust me, you will get to amazing levels in your life that you could never have gotten to on your own. So go after diversity this week deliberately. I'm going to ask you people next week, some of you people in this place, I know you, I will ask you if you did it next week. And if you didn't do it, we'll just have to have a chat about that. Remember how deliberate Jesus Christ was with his disciples. Can you guys imagine how Jesus Christ was able to deal with all those 12 people? Imagine that they would just be fighting. <laughs> imagine that maybe as a 
amazing miracle has happened. We have fed one million people. You just hear somebody fighting because one is a tax, was a tax collector and one is an ideologist and they are arguing. You know, but he was dealing with their differences. And that's what makes an awesome leader, to be very honest. Jesus is the epitome of all leaders because he was able to embrace all their diversities and help them towards working together and being the best that they could be. So we have a to-do list for this week. Sorry, I'm giving you poor homework. Um, the first thing is, I want to read from 2 Timothy, verse, 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. It says that we should remember that above all, unity and love are always on the heart of our Father. You know, so whether all the things I've said to you, you know, went over your head or went into your heart, I want you to always remember that unity and love are on the heart of the Father at all times. And what does that mean? That means that no matter how different we are, God wants us to be able to come together in unity and in love. So one, stop interpreting bad as different, different as bad. You know, there are some people, mainly, well, most of my examples of this are with older people. When they see something that's different, it's bad. That person has tattoo. Ah, that person must be a bad person. They must be a killer. They must be a robber. The person has color in their hair. They're wearing multiple hair. You know, like all these things that we just conclude. In fact, we will just judge somebody's whole entire life by the way that they appear, right? How many of us, guys, don't let me ask that one because we're in church. Let me know. Ask, let me know. I'm sure all of us will raise our hands because the truth is that most of us judge people by the outward appearance. If you see somebody that looks different from you, in your mind, in your heart, you have said, eh, can this person be like that? They are just wrong. They are bad. And that doesn't mean that they are bad, you know? Number two, esteem differences, right? So show love to people that are different from you. Deliberately start up conversation with people that are different from you, just for fun, you know? And just see how much God is going to open up your eyes and teach you in that experience. There's a part of their life that honestly needs to meet you, and you will make a difference in them, and they will also make a difference in you. Number three, guys, no more hate speech. And you know, hate speech is not always like, I'm going to kill you, you know, like that's extreme. But you know, a lot of us have these little funny, funny slangs, you know, that we throw around. That's actually hate speech, and it's not good. So don't let that come, either get into you or come out of you. Don't do anything relating to that. And number four, I just have to do this because I'm in charge of family, and we're doing small groups. Join an interest-based small group that connects with your spirit. In fact, you know what? I want to challenge you guys to join a small group that you would ordinarily not join. So like me now, they say co-cyclers. Ah. Whew. Okay. Why did I say that? They're not going to start asking me if I've joined. But the point is that I'm actually going to join because we need to do things that are different so that we can explore, so that we can open up our minds. So please join an interest-based small group that is very, very different from what you would normally join. If you like food, don't join foodies. Join the, um, PO has one that they, that they like to do, the Fit Farm. Foodies, people that like food like me, join Fit Farm. In fact, that's what I'm going to join, Fit Farm. Because, ah, that one is always a... It's always hard, you know, but let's do things that are different from what we normally would do because then you get to meet different people and mix with them. Also, our interest-based small groups, this is a plug, is a great way to meet people. It's a great way to assimilate into the church. It's a great way, you know, to expand your mind, expand all kinds of things. I've been, I think, I think I've done two small groups now that I was in and they were amazing, honestly. I met, a lot of people I actually met in the church that have become my friends. I met them doing small groups, amazingly enough. So yeah, please join an interest-based small group. Some people, people come and talk to us about that shortly. So I just kind of want to go through um, this passage again, this Psalm 133, the one that says, how truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It is as precious as the sacred-scented oil flowing from the head 
of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. That is how sweet it is when we dwell in unity. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. Can we all say an amen to that? Amen. Thank you. Have we been blessed today? Can we all celebrate Jesus? Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So we're going to pray, and this is going to be, um, I have a few prayer points here because I really would like for us to deal with, you know, our unconscious biases, our prejudices, and all these things that are, you know, kind of affecting us getting to our next level because we just have these thoughts in our head that we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't talk to this person and stuff like that. So let's all just please close our eyes. Um, if you have a, a spirit language, can you please pray in the spirit for the first few minutes of this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Lord of Lords. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come into each and every heart that is here, that you help us see the differences in our lives with others that we're not embracing, the people that we're avoiding because we feel like we're too different, the people that you know are in our life for a purpose, for a reason, Lord. I pray that you help us see them right now, that the eyes of our understanding are open, that our hearts are open, our minds are open, our lives are open towards them in Jesus' mighty name. So let's um, start by praying against prejudices and biases that we have formed. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Thank you, Father, because we are all your children and you love us so much. We just come against every single bias, every single prejudice that we have formed over the years, whether it is, you know, family prejudices, generational prejudices. Lord, we just break them this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. We declare that our minds and our hearts are free. Our thoughts are free. Your word says that whosoever the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. I declare this morning that we are free in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord, let your love flood our hearts and transform us through and through. That the love of Christ will just take over us and that it will transform our lives, transform our minds, transform our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that we have open minds, that we have open hearts, that our lives are open to the differences, Lord, that you have created in each and every one of us. That we learn how to leverage our strengths and our weaknesses, Lord, for the benefit of your kingdom. That every single thing that we do, Lord, daily will be to your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that we become wise master builders, that we become leaders who are skilled in managing multiple people with their multiple differences, Lord, in our lives, in our workplace, in every single area of our lives, in Jesus' name. Our, loves, our lives will cause heavenly harmony, just as your word says in the Psalms. Our lives will cause unity. Our lives will be purposeful. Our lives will be wonderful. And they will truly, truly, truly bless all those that are around us. So, Lord, once again, we just declare upon this room that every single person here, Lord, will have an understanding of these words that have been spoken this morning and that it would make a change and a difference in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Can we all say a huge amen? Amen. Okay. Yay. That was sad. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.